Welcome to the Resources for Integrated Care webinar, Assessing Organizational Ability to Provide Navigation Services. This podcast is excerpted from a webinar presented live on August 23, 2017. This webinar is presented by the Lewin Group and is supported through the Medicare-Medicaid Coordination Office at the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. MMCO is dedicated to ensuring beneficiaries enrolled in Medicare and Medicaid have access to seamless, high-quality health care that includes the full range of covered services in both programs. To support providers in their efforts to deliver more integrated, coordinated care, MMCO is developing technical assistance and actionable tools based on successful innovations in care models. To learn more about current efforts and resources, please visit our website or follow us on Twitter for more details. Our Twitter handle is at integrate underscore care. In this podcast, Mindy Cloudon, Director of Technical Assistance and Training at the National Council for Behavioral Health, discusses best practices for implementing navigation services. So I'm going to be drawing on um, my experiences working in community mental health and also working with practices across the country that have been working to implement behavioral health in primary care, many of which are um, instituting navigation programs or looking at how they can um, best maximize the existing staff that they have to provide navigation functions. And, um, you know, Dr. Geis talked about that When it comes to thinking about who your navigation staff are, that in many cases, uh, many organizations have folks that have a role that um, includes navigation functions. And it's kind of more the exception than the rule for there to be an actual navigation department or um, someone whose entire role is to be a navigation staff, although those do uh, exist within some organizations. And so really what's important for your organization if you're looking to start a navigation program is to think about the existing resources that you have and how you can best uh, reallocate staff or if you have funding to develop a navigation function um, to make sure that you have a good understanding of what your goals are for that program and that you're aligning um, the way that those roles are formed to the intent of, of the program. So, um, you know, if you think about all of the different pieces uh, within an organization of who's touching the life of a client, um, you may have a nurse care manager, a healthcare coordinator, um, a more traditional case manager in in behavioral health. Um, Many community mental health centers have peer specialists or peer health coaches, and then there's the therapist. And all of these different roles may have um, some piece or part of delivering navigation services. And what's important to understand as an organization is that when you're introducing a new function, it's important to be explicit about who is going to have what kind of responsibility in terms of implementing navigation services. And there are some real pros and cons to having um, existing staff take on this role versus dedicating new staff to it. Um, Obviously, there's the financial aspects. Um, But there's also the the workflow issues that come about. So if you're looking at reallocating staff, you have to have a good understanding of what will they stop doing in order to take on navigation functions. And when you're introducing the navigation role, what you're really doing is starting to move beyond just coordinating care across healthcare delivery systems or internally across behavioral health and primary care providers 
and starting to introduce the idea of supporting patients and clients in accessing the services and supports that they need in the community to really address social determinants of health. And so it's a whole new kind of mindset for many healthcare delivery systems, for many organizations, um, to be thinking not just about how do we get folks into healthcare, but how do we improve people's health by linking them to affordable housing and to food resources and other community support. Next slide, please. So whoever you determine will take on the navigation functions within your organization, it's important that those folks become an integral part of your integrated care team. And you know, I can give you a real concrete example of why this is important. If you're working with a patient on addressing diabetes, for example, and you're having trouble understanding the barriers that the patient is having to changing their diet, the navigator may have a piece of information that no one else on the team has. They may, for example, know that that patient is receiving all of their food from a food pantry or that they're actually living in a homeless shelter and going to soup kitchens in order to um, be, be fed. And so there are barriers that they're facing um, in managing their lives, and um, those are important for the medical team and the behavioral health team to have an understanding of so that you can work together on whole person care. Next slide, please. So considering the staff that have the navigation functions as an integral part of the integrated care team also means that they're actively involved in integrated care team communication. And what we've learned in terms of best practices around integrated care team communication is that it really needs to be very intentional. And there needs to be some time dedicated um, to simply talking across the multidisciplines um, talking together about the needs of patients that are dealing with complex health and social issues. And so the ways that we've seen effective to do this are through daily huddles, which may be first thing in the morning or may be done over the lunch hour, weekly care team meetings, which seem to be most successful if they are um, led by a care coordinator or other staff member who is in charge of helping to identify in advance which patients you need to um, be discussing within the care team meeting and you are using risk stratification methodologies in order to really focus in so that you maximize that hour or whatever amount of time you're spending on the care team. Having shared care plans and access to a common EHR. So, you know, ensuring that if you have folks that are responsible for navigation, that they have access to the EHR and that you're looking at, is there a place within the EHR to actually record information that the navigator is collecting about the patient and sharing that across the integrated care team. So some EHRs need to be supplemented with care management software or databases that are developed specifically for the purpose of working um, to address whole health in a more uh, coherent way. And then also having urgent communication mechanisms in place. Next slide, please. So all of this really requires uh, a new way of thinking 
about delivering healthcare services and behavioral health services. And um, that really requires an investment in um, staff training, professional development, and uh, developing core competencies. You know, I like to talk about this in terms of developing a culture of integration within your organization. And again, because we're really talking about uh, addressing not only healthcare needs, but health and the social determinants of health, it's important that staff have a good understanding of why. Why are navigation functions being introduced and how is this going to benefit the patient um, and improve the organization and improve the organization's outcomes? Along with kind of educating folks about why navigation is being put in place, there also needs some key processes and procedures to be developed. So for example, you may be looking at how do we uh, change or adjust our human resource policies so that job descriptions have uh, a clear way of conveying that this is an expectation um, and that staff members are not only aware of who is providing navigation functions, um, but that they're, they understand how they're going to be evaluated in terms of their success in providing these functions. Training staff in team-based care, as we just talked about, you know, becoming a part of a team and recognizing everyone's role within the team. Um, and also training staff in cultural competency and educating staff on social determinants of health. And then when it comes to uh, assessment and development of whole person goals, um, there may be organizational healthcare assessments in place. You may have already a behavioral health treatment plan. Um, but again, when you're introducing the navigation functions, what you're really beginning to do is to look at how do we assess where this person is in their recovery process and what are their needs within the community uh, in order to help them to get healthy and to be able to um, best manage what's going on with their lives. So you may need to introduce some new questions uh, that you haven't previously asked. Um, and those questions as part of the assessment process need to be uh, within the electronic health record or otherwise um, accessible by the whole care team. Next slide, please. So that relates uh, to, to this next slide here about developing the necessary data infrastructure. So it's important that you have in place a system for identifying patient needs as they relate to the navigation functions, as they relate to social determinants of health. Um, and that that assessment is accessible by members of the care team. It's also important that if you're going to be helping patients to access community services and developing relationships in the community with agencies that you will be referring your patients to, um, that you have in place the necessary releases of information, um, particularly if you are an organization that is covered under 42 CFR Part 2, which governs the sharing of information related to substance use disorder treatment. And then if you are making these referrals, you'll want to have a data infrastructure in place that helps you to track 
the success of those referrals. Did someone actually make it to the um, food pantry? Or were they able to access that specialist? Um, and what kind of follow-up is necessary to help support them in, in accessing those resources? And then what metrics will you use? So some of this may be dictated by your funding. For example, if you have a grant that's supporting the implementation of a navigation team or a navigation role, you, know, you may have metrics that the funder is expecting for you to be reporting on. But even if you don't have that in place, your organization should, should um, strategically decide what will we measure and how will we know that the investment we've made in putting a navigation function in place has actually been successful. And then lastly, as um, Dr. Geis alluded to, having a continuous quality improvement process in place is important to be able to measure the impact that you're having and make the necessary tweaks along the way. Next slide, please. Then it's important that if you are connecting folks to resources in the community, that you have some staff that are dedicated to maintaining up-to-date information on what those resources are and the necessary referral processes. So this can be maintained electronically and or it can be used as handouts that you share with both patients and staff. And I say with both patients and staff because not only are you helping directly to support the patients in identifying uh, resources in the community and access those resources, but you're also helping to support staff who may be, for example, in a therapy session with a patient, learn that the patient is homeless and just, you know, again, as an example, and need to be able to say beyond, hey, we have some folks that provide a navigation function that you can connect with, they could actually right there and then say, you know what, I have this handout for you. Um, you can take this with you and, and it'll help connect you with some affordable housing resources. Some organizations actually take a helpline approach and have either during the hours that the clinic is open or maybe even an after hours um, call line. And that of course requires the investment of staff that are trained um, that are able to answer the phone and help connect people as needed. Um, some helpline approaches uh, that we've seen in community mental health centers are actually more for staff. So if in that example that I was using a moment ago, a therapist is uh, right there in a session and the patient says, you know what, I, I just lost my housing, um, the therapist could call the helpline right there and then and find out how to direct the patient. And then lastly, it's important that there are um, resources dedicated to developing and maintaining community collaborations um, so that you're able to provide the patient with accurate information about referral processes, that the organizations you're referring to have a good understanding of the needs of patients with serious mental illness or substance abuse disorders, and um, how you can work together to improve the overall health of your community. Next slide, please. So of course, money doesn't grow on trees <laughs> as much as we would all like it to. Um, so you know, the, the question is always, well, how do we pay for navigation services? So as I said in the beginning, um, if you do not have funding 
upfront in terms of some kind of a, a grant that can help you get a program started, the first place to start is assessing your existing staff capacity and to capitalize and build on existing resources. And this may require some workflow redesign and some process mapping that you use to really get a good understanding of who is currently doing what, um, what do we want to add in, and how do we best allocate those staff resources. Um, and then in terms of coordinating billing, uh, it's valuable to do some kind of analysis or time study to look at what exactly are we doing within the navigation function or within the navigation department, and what, if any, of what we're doing is billable. And just to use an example, I know that I've worked with a community mental health center that was providing telephonic support that they considered to be their navigation services. Um, and it was case management, and they were trying to get their staff off the phone as quickly as possible. So, you know, answer the patient's questions, connect them to resources, get off the phone. But there was always more that they could be talking about. And what they realized is that if they had the appropriate uh, staff in terms of licensure providing these services, if they were on the phone eight minutes or more with the patient, that that was actually billable as a case management service. So it's important to have a good understanding of what can be billed, and um, if you're providing services that cannot be billed, to look at um, are there ways to support that through alternative payment, value-based payment contracts, or, or pursued grant funding. Next slide. So of course, all of this can be very challenging and overwhelming for an organization to start up. I'm gonna talk about some common pitfalls. Next slide. So one of the ways that a navigation uh, program or function can easily fail is if there's a lack of leadership or a lack of investment on the part of the leaders in making sure that this is successful. So you really do need to have support from the top down. You also need to focus on culture change. Um, so rather than just implementing new processes and new ways of doing things, you need to be looking at how do we develop the staff understanding, how do we message about the importance of what we're doing, and how this fits in with an overall vision of the organization to really address whole health. I talked before about adequate investment in staff training um, and having really clearly defined roles so that everyone within the care team understands who is doing what when it comes to supporting the patient and providing that navigation function. If you have dedicated navigation team members, making sure that the staff as a whole has a good understanding of who this new person is, this new team member, what, their, what role they play, and how that can support the rest of the team. Um, having clearly written policies and procedures, adequately investing in documentation and use of data, and investing in community relationships um, is all really important. And then um, in poor communication can really be a downfall, um, both internally and externally. So internally, again, the care team needs to understand the new function, the new role. And externally, the partners that you're referring to need to have a good understanding of the needs of the patients you're serving and um, what your organization does and how you're looking to partner with them. Next slide, please. I did just want to mention that the Center for Integrated Health Solutions, which is funded by SAMHSA and HRSA, 
and is um, administered by the National Council for Behavioral Health, is available to provide an individualized consultation to behavioral health and primary care providers that are working to integrate care and also to implement navigation services.